Thanks for joining us. We love getting to share the message of God's grace with the entire world. If his message has impacted your life, would you share your testimony with us by emailing it to stories at graceorlando.com. We love to hear what God is up to. You can also give in support of this ministry by going to our website and clicking on the Give button at graceorlando.com. Thanks again. Well, good morning. You guys were having such a good morning, I figured I'd wait a second. Hey, anybody else freezing? <clears throat> cool. Make sure you keep six feet away from everybody else, you know. This is the time you want to come together. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> well, uh, we started off last week talking about charter course, you know, and we talk about excitement and and God, we know who you are, we know who, who we are, and we know when you are and when we are, all that kind of stuff and excitement and all that. And then this week happens, you know. I, I don't know about you guys, but in, on the earth, it's like every week there's something new, isn't there? And uh, this week had a lot to itself. Uh, and so I want to speak to some of those things this morning in a message I've entitled Light Out of Darkness, okay? Actually, it was really interesting to see a lot of those kinds of ideas in these songs this morning. The, the idea of charting a course, if you will, at night uh, might be a little different if you don't have any light. But right now, we do. We have a lot of light. We are light, and we're going to talk all about that. Um, I, I don't know about you, but, but a lot of people I meet right now and I ask them, hey, how you doing, you know? Very rare is it that I hear, we're doing great. You know, more often than not, it's, I'm worn out, or, oh my gosh, this year has been just too much, or just the overwhelming burden uh, that, that we all have felt, just even just going through last year. Um, but sort of that heaviness, does anybody else relate to that? If you're being honest, there's just a heaviness of being on the earth right now. Well, I got some really, really good news this morning, is that the light shines so bright in the darkness. And as everything has gotten darker and darker and darker, and by the way, it's just going to keep doing that, uh, uh, we get brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen? So I want to give you some encouragement this morning uh, as how the light shines. In Genesis chapter 1, I love that you see that the, the, that the light shines out of the darkness. It's the very first thing that we see. You know, the spirit is, is hovering over the deep, you know, and, and, and I love that he's is a wind. I picture just wind, whatever that would be spiritually speaking, over the deep. When God then says, let there be light, and light appears out of darkness, out of, out of no other source. There's no sunlight. There's no moon. It's just light appears. And I love that this morning what I want you to catch is in the same way that God did that in darkness, he did that in your heart. He caused light to spring forth from your heart. And we're going to look at that right now in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. <clears throat> For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. I mean, we are, Paul continues by saying, we are in these earthen vessels. We, we experience hurts. We experience pains, we experience fear, we experience all of those kinds of things in this natural experience. And yet he says that there's something that we can find, this glory that is found where? In the face of Christ. Do you know that you get to spend time, in fact, that's where you always are, you're always in his face. You're always face to face with God. How does that make you feel? It shouldn't make you feel nervous, it shouldn't make you feel anything but encouraged, that this is where we are. This knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Listen to this. It won't be on the screen. Just listen to what Paul said right before all of this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. He goes, But we all with unveiled faces, looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, 
the Spirit. So we get this from the Spirit that lives within us. We are face-to-face as if you were in a mirror. Okay, If you want to picture this, I know a lot of people have thought maybe you look exactly like Jesus. You know, Jesus needed a bunch of carbon copies of himself. That's not what I believe that means. I believe it means that you resemble his holiness. You resemble his righteousness. You resemble his life that's in you. So you're being transformed. Like you're seeing yourself the way you should as you are face-to-face with him. Like, this is where you and I live. And for such a time as this, this is what the world needs. It needs to see the things that those of us who are face-to-face with God can show them. The rest of the world has no hope. The only hope they have is whatever they can produce, whatever they can come up with. But you and I have something that we have received by being children of God face-to-face with him and and being light ourselves because of that. So let let me ask you a question. I don't mean to make you feel bad by this, but how often this year have you spent time just where you are, face-to-face with God, versus how often have you spent time face-to-face with fear, (laughs) focused on fear, focused on news stories and news cycles and things that just cause more and more? How much time have you spent sitting right here with God just saying, Lord, this is where I am, always with you? Jesus handled fear pretty well. He trusted the Father. And in Genesis chapter 1, we see that he has a habit of making light shine out of darkness. So look, I don't know where you're at right now. Maybe you're on the mountain just celebrating everything. Or maybe you're freezing in here with me. I see a lot of y'all cold. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you're feeling real discouraged right now. I pray that you would find great encouragement this morning from something that Paul spoke so long ago, 2,000 years ago. He wrote this. And I'm going to show you some things that I believe he wrote specifically to you and to me for today. We're going we're to spend some time in Romans chapter 8. If you want to turn there, we're going to be there the whole morning. Uh, and we're going to look at this, kind of break down some verse by verse a little bit. There's some really, really good stuff in here this morning. Eric actually hit, off, uh, hit the prayer time off with it, right? In Romans 8 verse 1, there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. I love this. There's no condemnation. That word condemnation means doomed, destruction, doomed to destruction, like it's going to be destroyed. There is no way you will ever be destroyed as a believer. No way. There is no condemnation because you are in Christ Jesus, and you've been set free of this law of sin and death. All right, you remember when you first saw this law of sin and death, right? It's right in the beginning of the Bible, first couple of pages. You start reading it, and what do you see? God says that if you go do something that I've said is not good for you, what happens? You die. Like, in other words, you have to walk and trust me. It, that was really what it was. It wasn't about a tree as much as it was, trust me. I'm your father. Right? And we, of course, made that mistake and sin brought death, just exactly the way God said it would. And forever we lived under this. We lived as a people that, that there was a law of sin and death at work. But then this other law came into being that we saw, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's an incredible law. It beats death. It, it conquers everything, and now we have that living within us. Look at what he says. For what the law could not do, it could only expose sin, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Man, underline that if you need to. Weak as you always are, God does. Okay, remember that. As weak as you may feel on this planet right now, God doesn't. Okay, God is not in that lane at all. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh 
as an offering for sin, he condemned sin. So you are never condemned. Sin is condemned. So whatever it is you feel is not the way it necessarily is. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. This is you and me. This is our every single day life forever. It's never going to change. You're always going to be face-to-face with God, walking with him, enjoying him, experiencing him. Like that's who you are as a believer. And that's who we are on this planet. And he did all of this so that we could receive this life, the spirit of God living within us. You could never have that before. You could never experience God at such a personal level as to have the spirit living within you. And something had to take place for that to happen. We had to be born again. So he became the sin offering to destroy that, destroy sin, so we could could also die, be born again, and experience this new life. So I want to encourage you this morning to be that. Be who you are. As I saw Paul Ellis write, he said, if you're a butterfly, don't act like a caterpillar, okay? Like if you've become this brand new thing, don't keep referencing yourself and looking backwards to who you used to be. Look, this world right now, okay, is tempting all of us, all of us, enticing all of us to partake in fear, (laughs) Something, something in your life, uh, there's fear everywhere, okay? Politics is the easy one right now, okay? It's just the most obvious one. It doesn't matter which side you're on, it doesn't matter which, it's fear everywhere, right? And, and, and you get tempted to get online and, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post my thoughts, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the world my thoughts. It's a dangerous day whenever you want to share your thoughts, I'm going to tell you. It doesn't matter what side you're on. Right? So we, we begin to share these things, and we feel justified. You know, I feel like I'm doing my part. I'm playing the part in the good mission. Whatever side you're on, you feel like you're on the mission. <laughs> you know, and meanwhile, all we're all doing is just promoting more fear, putting more fear, sharing fear. When we are light and we have something the world needs. Let me, let me ask you something. Uh, think of somebody you can't stand, okay? It's not that hard. Uh, think, of some, <laughs> think of somebody you're like, ah. Oh, come on. I'm not perfect. Now, let me ask you the question. Why does God say to bless them? God, you you told me I should bless those who hate me, curse me, against me, uh, vote differently than me. Whatever you want to say, like, bless them. Why? For you. (laughs) This is where we can't seem to get it. It's not, it's not for the person, right? Donald Trump's never going to know how much you hate him. I'm sorry. Like, you can post all day long. He's just not going to find out. But, 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 but you will be at unrest. You will absolutely be just miserable at your, at your anger and all your feelings and things, right? You're at unrest. You always know you're in the flesh when you experience unrest, when you just feel miserable. You're in the flesh, right? So he said this for you. He said you can walk, you can walk spiritually, where instead of hating this person, what you'll find yourself doing is you'll pray for them. You'll, you'll bless, you, you know why you're going to pray for them? Because you're going to care for them. You're going to see them the way God sees them. <laughs> it's hard to hate people when you look at people after the way God sees them. You, you really can't, can you? It's hard. You'll forgive. You'll, you'll offer whatever you can offer. You'll offer agape love. You will, you'll go and say, hey, whatever, whatever could happen here, I'll, I'll pray. I'll believe God for the best. We can all be right in our own minds, and yet love is the thing that never, ever fails. 
Romans 8, 6, you guys know I love that verse. It, it just talks about setting your mind. Every morning, I don't know about you, right now it's like every 15 minutes for me, I feel like. It's like set your mind. <laughs> set your mind. You know, keep your mind where it should be. Right? Put your mind on the spirit, the life, the light of God that's within you. Set your mind there, and you'll experience life and peace. Romans 8, 11 will continue. He says, but if the spirit of him, the father, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. It's his life in me. Man, hear that and think about that for a second. The spirit of God dwells within you. You are are joined to God forevermore, forevermore. (laughs) And that's where we, we draw our life from. People are so drawn to that. People are so attracted to the light that's within you, and they don't even know why. You ever have someone just kind of say something nice about you, and you're like, I don't know if I'm being my best today at all. (laughs) They see something. They see the light. Uh, Here's here's what Paul said. Let's skip on to verse 18. Paul, Paul, as you all know, experienced hardship. I, I don't know if he wouldn't have just picked to live now versus what he was going through, okay? We... We, 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 we hate masks, I get it, but he was being beaten, you know, he was dying, he was getting destroyed when he wrote these words. And these words that he wrote, he wrote with encouragement to, to not just himself and his team and the people, I believe God used him to encourage all of us, like I believe these words I'm about to read are really about you and me, like it, he, it was, he was the first of it, but it includes all of us. Look at this in verse 18, I consider... The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Now, he's about to share what that glory is, but, but consider this for a moment. What, what are you going through? What, whatever it is, however hard it is, whatever it's the country or whatever it is you're focused on, think about what he just said. It's not worthy to be compared to what he's about to share. It's not worthy to the glory of what God has done and revealed. He says, The eagerly awaiting creation waits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, did so in hope or a guarantee that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Let's stop there for just a moment. <clears throat> so Paul says this about you. He says, I'm the first I'm the first fruit, you know, I'm one of the first generation of this thing that the creation for all time has been waiting for. Abraham was waiting on it. Moses, was, everybody was waiting on this moment. And Paul just simply says, he says, look, we are now children of God, those that behold him face to face, who have his life in us. The entire world has been waiting for this moment. And look, in case you think that we're still in that moment now where it's still kind of coming, he clears that up and he goes, no, the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth until now, (laughs) until now. Can you hear his excitement? I mean, I can't imagine him writing this not being excited It's happened. It's now. It's not in 2021. It happened now. The the whole world is seeing creation with life in it again. They're seeing Jesus. They're seeing God. They're seeing things that they've never even contemplated. Love. They're watching it happen now. 
We are exactly, saints, we are exactly where we need to be right now. We are exactly the people that God has made us for such a time as this. The world's still looking. The world is still eagerly looking. Where are the children of God? Where is the difference, right? It's not, it's not that we all have to agree. We can agree on love. Where, where are the people who are ruled by love? Where are the people who love from that place? Because Paul says that we are victorious. Listen to this. We'll skip to verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes or does it perfectly for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. <laughs> you, ever, you ever been in a group where, you know, I, mean, I don't know if anyone even does this anymore, but remember how you used to stand in circles and hold hands, you know, and you'd, you'd pray and your hands would get sweaty and all that, and you just really wished you weren't doing it, you know, in some ways. Anyway, I did. But um, I remember always standing there in these circles and stuff, and there's always one person, you know, they had this rule. It was like, you're going to have to squeeze the hand next to you if you didn't want to pray. Now, I'm not going to call you out, but I'm sure some of you guys were hand squeezers. <laughs> you're not me. And you ever had that person who, like, they didn't get the squeeze. You're, like, squeezing hard. You're like, I don't want to pray. And maybe they wanted to force you to pray. They're like, I'm not feeling a thing, you know. <laughs> it was different times. Um, <laughs> but that thought of some people know how to pray and some people don't know how to pray is nonsense. Because it says in Scripture, nobody knows how to pray. <laughs> so you can just go ahead and kick that out. Like the, the, the person who's praying great, you know, and the person who just kind of stammers around their words. It, 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 none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> right? But it's the Spirit of God within us that helps. In fact, he's praying all the time for you when you forget. When you wake up, oh my gosh, I forgot my prayer time. He's like, don't worry, I pray all the time for you. <laughs> you need it. <laughs> I love that about him. He's praying because he doesn't know. The real truth of it is he says that we don't know what we need. You ever think you know what you need? If I had a million dollars, man, my life would be perfect, you know. Well, maybe. <laughs> we think we know what you need. But I love that God says that he gives you the spirit because he searches the hearts of all people. You remember what he says? He doesn't look at the outside. He looks at the heart. And the Spirit of God knows exactly what you need. And so before you even prayed, before you even asked, he went ahead of you and just went ahead and prayed for you because he knew your prayers wouldn't really be that great anyway, okay? So he covered you. That's how good God is. That's how victorious we are. That when you're in the middle of a storm, you're in the middle of a 2021 or whatever, or the beginning of a 2021, whatever it may look like, this is still true. And we know, he says, that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to whose purpose? His purpose. His purpose. I, I think we forget that sometimes. You know, we get so caught up in our purpose, and, and i got to have a purpose, you know. It's his purpose. He's purposed you. He has you right where you are. He's, he's put life within you. He's actually even bringing people around you just so they can see what love looks like. They're like, here, let me, let me, let me help. <laughs> and he causes all things to work together for your good, right? So many times we want to believe, oh, it's for his good. You know, God, we're doing it all for his good. No, he says it's for your good. It's his good that it's for your good because <laughs> he is good. That's going to get real tricky. <laughs> but he gives us his goodness, and he makes all things work together because you are one of his children. 
I, I don't know, you know if you've ever been around kids for too long, but, but it doesn't take more than about five minutes before they start fighting about something, you know? I don't know. Like, we could be having the best day ever, you know, and we're all on a bike ride or something, and all of a sudden someone's upset. I don't even know how it happens, but they find a way to be upset. And, and, and you know, as parents, so many times you step in or you, you, you're trying to help, and, and, and I, I love this. My daughter sometimes, she'll just say, Dad, I'm just having the worst day. It's just, today is just the worst. I'm thinking, man, <laughs> you had one thing that went wrong, and that was it, you know. But that, that was all. Dad, it's just the worst day. And you know, as a parent, what you try to do is you come alongside them, you try to help them, right? You go, no, no, it's not the worst day. Like, there's been way worse than this. You know, you don't say that. But, but you know, you, <laughs> you're trying to help them, right? And, and, and you maybe, maybe even do what I do. Like, I, I, we got this neighborhood. It's awesome. There's lots of kids. It's great, right? Except at, like, 8 a.m. when they're knocking on your door to see if your kids can play and you're sleeping. Uh, but but, but I, I, I tell you, sitting in my front office so many times, I'll hear some kind of a scramble outside. Somebody's mad. Someone's hurt. Someone's kneeing somebody in the head. Like, it, it gets real, you know? And I, I can't tell you how many times I walk out there. You know what I want to do? Oh, I want to do the flesh thing, man. I want to do the human thing. I want to just, like, kick them all off my lawn and just say, forget it. You know, we're done here. You know, and so many times God instead leads me to these places where I'm pulling them all together and we're having to sit down on the front lawn. Like the other neighbors probably think I'm crazy, but I'm just sitting there trying to teach them a little something, trying to turn it all back around, right? Let's make this something for good. Let's, let's love each other and all that kind of stuff. All right, well, this is a human trying this, okay? So it's very flawed, very limited. Think about God. Think about how far ahead of you he is. Uh, he, he knows the, the, end, the end from the beginning. He, he, he knows your life. He knows what you're going through, and he's given you everything that you need. Romans 8.31, all right, then what shall we say? <laughs> what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him over for us. <laughs> God is for us and he delivered his son over for us. How will he, also, or how will he not also with him freely give us? All things. God is for you. He demonstrated that by sending his son for you so that you could be given everything that you needed. Notice there was no part in there about you, like no part about what you contributed to that deal at all. You know, you didn't have anything to give, <laughs> but he gave it all because he gave, what he had was enough. Who will bring charges against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who's the one who condemns? Well, he's already covered that, right? Christ Jesus died but rather was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us, who will separate us from the love of Christ. Will tribulation, trouble, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? Man, Paul knew those words. He wasn't writing just fancy words to try to make it sound tough or cool or whatever. And this is what he was experiencing. <laughs> he was having a sword put to his throat. He was having these kinds of moments where he's standing there going, all right, God, is this it? And then there was another step, you know. All right, God, is today the last day on the earth? No? All right. And he kept walking. And I think he was surprised. I think he started getting excited based on what I'm seeing. And he asked this question that actually comes from all the way back in Genesis chapter 1 when God separates the light from the darkness. What he did was he created a, a sanctified space, a separate space for light and darkness. As God does that, in the same way, he says, who, who can do that? Which one of you has the power to separate anything? No, nobody. We can't separate anything. And God, he says that he will never separate you from his love. You will never, ever have a day where you are left alone, where God says, you know, I tried. <laughs> I really tried. That's never going to happen. You're always going to experience 
his love. And there is nothing, death itself can't even take that away. And so he, he continues by saying that we overwhelmingly conquer. Look at this in verse 38. I'm convinced, he says. Now hear what he's saying. I'm convinced through experience that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We don't go off of our five senses. So why do we pretend sometimes like that's what we got to work from? (laughs) We don't go off of our thoughts. We don't go off of any of those things. We go off of his thoughts. What are his thoughts for you? They're really, really good. He gave his son for you. He gave you everything. He's got got more thoughts for you that you can even count. You can't even count the thoughts that he has for you. How often do you just receive those thoughts from him? You know, you can hear them from me, and that's cool, but he wants to share them with you. How often do you just sit with God and say, Father, I need to hear from you today. Just tell me. Tell me how you feel about me. This world's got me a little confused. We've all been there. All right, your part. What's my part? Your part is to be loved by God. Can you do that? It's really quiet there. Yeah. God, I can can be loved by you. And the Bible says that when you are loved by God, you will go and love others. Like, you, you won't be able to help it. When, when, you, when you have sat with him face to face and you experience that love, you, you got to go tell somebody, don't you? And you know why God made it that way? It's because he knew you would love it. <laughs> have you ever been that person that when you're on the, you know, I, well, I did street witnessing. Have you ever done street witnessing or ever, ever done something like maybe in your workplace? Maybe you even just asked somebody at your workplace, hey, do you know the love of God? What do you feel right before all of that? Fear. Come on, if you're, if you're any kind of a human, you feel fear. Like you feel some kind of thought in the flesh. But we don't live there, do we? That's not where we live at all. So from the spiritual place, uh, this is as if Jesus is making his appeal to this person. And it's not Javen's life, right? It's, it's Jesus, his life in me. And I get to stand in front of this person and share with them the realities of the universe, by the way. Here's the fabric of everything. It's love. Did you know that God loves you? You know, that's one of the easiest things that we should be able to say. You know that God loves you? I don't, I don't know if I've ever had a person get real mad about hearing that. But what will happen is that love never fails. And when they not only hear those words, but they see love on you, and they see love coming out of your life, oh, it speaks before you even say a word. They, they just know something is just different about you. And God included us in the spreading of love for us. Because he loves us. And he knows, as you know, when you watch somebody receive that love and their eyes pop wide open and they see Jesus, what's that feel like on the inside for you? Oh, it's celebration, isn't it? You get why all of heaven erupts when someone sees the love of God. The children of God is who we are. Not Republicans and Democrats and all this nonsense. We are children of God. We're children of God. We're never going to be condemned. (laughs) He's the one who justified us, so nobody can take that away. And we can go offer life and love to the whole world. I don't know why, um, 
Elijah was always one of my favorites, you know. You have a favorite in the Bible? There's just somebody who stood out to you, you know, Ruth or Esther or one of these heroes, you know. Elijah was my man. I don't know why. He just seemed like he was rough. I don't know. He seemed like he needed a friend, you know. I would like to be a friend to Elijah. But I love this moment in, in 1 Kings. Elijah, he's sitting in a cave. You feel like you're sitting in a cave right now? Because I've had days like that recently. Where just you feel all alone. You feel kind of like I, I, this whole world has gone bonkers. You know, I, I don't know where I'm at anymore. I think if we're all being honest, all of us have felt that way to some degree this past year. Where you're just sitting in a cave. It just feels lonely. It feels like a hole. <laughs> so I love this moment with Elijah. He's sitting in a cave. He's mad. Everything he's fought for is falling apart. You know, at least, at least the way he thinks. Everything he thinks is not true anyway. And look at this moment in 1 Kings 19. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> I love that. I love that. What are you doing here, Elijah? Imagine God coming into your living room where you're sitting there on your couch trying to figure out life. And God comes and sits down to you and goes, What are you, what are you doing? What's going on? You know? And look at what he says. I've been zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, turned down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. I'm alone. It's exactly what being in a cave feels like. <laughs> I'm alone. And he says, God, what do you mean why am I here? I have been passionate for you. Maybe you feel like that. I've been passionate for you, God. And everybody seems like they've walked away. I look around and I look at Christians and I go, where are, where are they? What's going on? Maybe you felt a little bit like that right now. And God goes on to tell him, you know what, Elijah, there's 7,000 people waiting. 7,000 people back, back there. I, I've kept them safe. You're not alone. Now look, as encouraging as that was for Elijah, he would have loved to have been here right now. Because <laughs> as Paul said, there hadn't been the children of God yet. He felt alone and he was encouraged by 7,000 people. Let me give you some encouragement. We are now way past 7,000 people. We are now at a number that the Bible says is like the sand on the shore, the stars in the sky, and there's more being added every single day. So be encouraged. You're not alone. The light shines out of the darkness. And this is who we are as a people. We are the children of God. <laughs> all right, hear me this morning. For all of you who care. <laughs> the Democrats didn't win. Republicans didn't win. Nobody won. Isn't that obvious? Nobody won anything. The whole world's divided. Everybody hates each other. Everybody's on this side or that side. Or, uh, that's, that's not called winning. <laughs> that's losing. The only thing that never fails is love. It is the only thing that we have a guarantee that it will not fail. So look, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party, whatever you find yourself in, forget all that for just a few minutes, please. <laughs> and remember who you are, really. You're not a caterpillar who votes. You're a butterfly who flies. <laughs> That's who we are. And we get to show this love off to the entire world for such a time as this. Amen. This is what you were made for. So get up, 
(laughs) Worship the Lord. Be face-to-face with your Father. And then turn around and shine that out to the entire world. Father, we love you so much. And we are so thankful for your goodness, your faithfulness, for who you are. That even if we're sailing at night, we have the light of the world within us. We have you shining bright through us. Father, I pray for encouragement in this season for the saints. Lord, I pray for such a time as this, we would set aside all of our differences and we would find agape love together. Lord, the world needs this so bad. Lord, I pray for every loved one. I pray for every person that we come into contact with, that they would supernaturally experience your light, your life, and your love before we even say a word to them. I pray for all the heavy burdens to be lifted, God. I pray that you would heal those who are sick. Lord, we trust you with all of it because you're so good. And I'm only praying imperfectly here. (laughs) So God, I know that you're before us and you love us. Let us see it. Let us show the world. In Jesus' name, amen.